All right. This feels very uh, what were you guys just talking about? Oh, how pretty Eugenia is and how she doesn't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this conversation. <laughs> Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to sell everything and travel the country at the tender age of 50? Well, with our last kid off to college and the ability to now work remotely, we've decided to do just that. So we're selling the house, loading up the dog, and hitting every city from California to Florida. We're scouring the country for a new place to call home and dragging you into every restaurant, Airbnb, and tourist trap we encounter along the way. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Skip Town All-Stars, another episode. This one is a very special treat for me personally, uh, and it's a treat for Denise and I together because we are sitting on the deck of my good friend Russell Stemper and his wife Genia's house in Washougal, Washington right now. I hope you can hear the fountain in the background and the clear, crisp air all around <laughs> us and the occasional patter of dog feet on their deck flooring. Uh, thank you for having Denise and I oh, and putting us up for the evening. You're welcome. Very happy to be here. The house uh, is just stunning. It it's, is. It's like something out of Town & Country magazine. It, oh. We are so, That's, it's true. <laughs> That's we are so lucky to be here. It's it so is, beautiful. Sure. Um, to paint yeah. the picture for the viewers, uh, we are overlooking the Columbia River right now. Portland, Oregon is just down the way across that river. So we are sitting right at the edge of Washington State. Genia and Russell moved here about seven years ago yeah. and uh, are loving life. And I'm just thrilled, uh, not just because we're here among you, but because you and I have worked together for so long. And I consider you one of my favorite producers ever Aww. when I come in, to, <laughs> when, when I come in to uh, work with you. So uh, let's just get into it. Uh, first, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Genia, you can go first because I know we have G uh, for everyone at home. Genia is a little bit of an introvert. So uh, we drug her into this. We and did. We're, it's, we did. it's actually she's doing us a huge. Yes, I am. She's doing us a huge <laughs> favor to talk to us today. Uh, uh -huh. But we'll start with you, Jeannie. Thank you so Go much. Go ahead. <laughs> um, what do you want to know? Uh, tell us a little there. bit about your background, what you're doing uh -huh. now, your career, your kids. Uh, I have a degree in journalism, and I'm, I write remotely. Um, I did novels for a while, and now I'm doing educational writing. And we have two kids that graduated college about four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, they're both doing their own thing. And I love it here because we can live in the country and have access to the airport. That's my thing. Yeah. So, so Portland uh, PDX is about 20 minutes from here. Yeah. Sort of as the crow flies or is that with traffic or on with a bad traffic, day? You're on looking average, at 45 minutes. Yeah. On yeah. average. That's still 20, normal for yeah. anybody who lives outside of a city. Usually 40 minutes or 45 minutes is really normal to get to an airport. Yeah. 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 It is desirable. It's like a and downtown could be 30 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. But, but without traffic, it's 20 minutes. Yeah. PDX okay. is 20 minutes. That's awesome. yeah. Downtown would be more like 30, 35 yeah. minutes. So yeah. to live in this beautiful secluded area, be so remote, it feels and looks, and then to only be 20 minutes away from an airport, right. airport is pretty, pretty magical. Yeah. Oh, it's lucky. It's one of the reasons we picked the spot is because you could be close to a metropolitan city area. And still have you know have the comforts of the city if you want it, but we're, we live in 
the country, which is quiet and peaceful and beautiful. So it's really kind of a rare thing. I mean, when we lived in L.A., we lived in uh, Westlake Village uh, near Thousand Oaks. And so we kind of had a little bit of that yeah. once you got out of the valley. But it, you're still surrounded by you know, hundreds of thousands of people. It was crowded. Yeah. yeah. So Agreed. this this is you know, this is quiet when you when you know when it's nighttime here. There's nothing but coyotes and crickets. You know, pretty much. You yeah. know, it's quiet. Those are good neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah. Not being able to hear the freeway at night was just heaven for me. Yeah. But being near an airport was important to you, and tell us why. Well, when we decided to move up here, we were going to be empty nesters, and um, I was doing a lot of freelance work all over the country flying for interviews for a talk show in L.A., and so I wanted to be near an airport so I could fly, mm -hmm. and then this was before the pandemic and everything, and before remote was was cool. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of, we were kind of gambling, you know, I was, and I still um, I have a side production company, so I was doing some stuff locally. Blue um, Turtle Productions. You're being so humble right now. <laughs> Blue Turtle Productions. If you uh, live in Washington, book them. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you can go well, to bluetotalpromedia.com. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was it? Blue Turtle Pro Media. Okay, so let me say that com. again. BlueTurtlePromedia.com. He's being very humble right now. <laughs> Do you want to so. tell him what you'll get if you get Blue Turtle Productions? When we found it, that's why. Oh, oh no. yeah, I, yeah. When we first started, was Blue Turtle Productions, and there was a um, we on YouTube when I first started the company. Yeah, um, there was also a, a nudist colony. Oh, called Blue Turtle Productions. You got to be kidding! And no, I no. kid you not. You got to be so careful. People in were my case. People were commenting and said, "I looked up Blue Turtle Productions on YouTube, but I got a bunch yeah. of naked, naked people." people. So I'm like, okay. So when I came That's up here, I established the LLC, Blue Turtle Pro Media. <laughs> Um, and so that's my thing. And I started doing a lot more, um, you know, photographic work, stills and things like that. So I figured the pro media was a lot more expansive than, right. than what we were doing before. But yeah, so that's a little funny side story. But um, So what's the correct name? Say it correctly. Blue Turtle Pro Media. There we go. Blue Turtle Pro Media. <laughs> dot com. Right? How much dot com. do we have to yeah. pay for this? <laughs> I know. That's all right. I'll clean it up. Or not. Maybe we'll just let it roll because I really want to keep the nudist colony story. In. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted a spot that was close to the coast to a nice airport. And PDX, I don't know if you've ever flown through there or if anyone has ever flown through there, but it's a beautiful airport. It's very easy it to get to. It wins best airport in the country wins, like every year. It wins best uh, airport of the year every year. And the thing about the, the airport actually is everything that's in there is predominantly from Oregon. So they you go in there, there's there's wineries, there's um, brew pubs, uh, there's shops. Pendleton has a store there. Columbia has a store there. Oh, nice. And everything's nice. priced as it would be in a local store. So people actually can go there and it's almost like a shopping mall. And right. they're, they're renovating all the time. But anyway, that's a long story. But um, beautiful airport to get in and out of. Very easy fast um i fly alaska air all the time they're based uh, in seattle and, and have a large hub here um they fly everywhere yeah um and it's a great airline um so that's one of the reasons and so genia being the brilliant researcher she is she kind of picked the 20 mile radius around pdx because right. we like we knew we wanted to either move to seattle or or portland we want to be in the pacific northwest we love the green, the trees, and yes, it rains, but it's not as bad as everyone says it is. Right. Um, yes, it is. We don't want them coming. We're done. <laughs> yes, it's horrible. Now California, go home. We hear that everywhere we go. It's terrible. Once we Do get, not move here. You know, once you get your shut the door, that's what it, you know, yeah. that's the rule. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we picked a 20 mile radius around PDX. We like Southwest Washington. There's no state income tax here. So we were thinking for retirement funds, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, benefit there. Yes. 
Oregon has no sales tax on a lot of their, not large items, but most, but that was like, you know, negligible for us. Right. And then, so we picked Southwest Washington. We, we picked a realtor. She showed us um, five or six houses and we kind of, it's one of the times we just said, let's go for it. It's kind of like what you guys are doing. It's like, we kind of followed our, you know, usually I'm very pragmatic. So I've got to have, you know, time for, you know, to embrace things and plan it and blah, blah, blah. Right. And she's the same way. She's very organized. And, um, but we kind of just said, you know, it's the kids are going to be out of the house. We wanted to move. Let's, let's, let's do it. You yeah. know, let's just do I it. I have a question for you. With your job, do you ever have to be in the office? So when you were contemplating leaving Los Angeles, I know they fly you to do um, to do shows and do interviews. I should say they fly you all over the country to do interviews with um, potential guests. But do you ever have to be in the office? Like I did. And, were you um, worried that? Like, tell us how that works now that you're not in Los Angeles. Well, I was a little nervous about it, but I knew that I wanted to do. I was going to do my own production, and I I knew I wanted to stay working for the company, but I didn't know if that was possible. So I met with the executives there, and I said, you know, look, this is what I want to do. And there had been a person before that had started doing some remote stuff uh, from the Midwest, um, and they said, you know, let, we'll see if we can make it work. Yeah. And so it ended up being um, I was traveling more than I than office work at first. Um, then the pandemic hit, and I was doing a lot of office work because no one was really traveling. Um, and then it became kind of a hybrid of both. So um, to answer your question, it was a gamble. I mean, like you guys are gambling right now, but when you when you kind of just go with the flow sometimes, you know. I think the only hard part for you was when you were, because it's freelance. And so, you know, you get a call at 10 p.m. that says, can you be in Austin by 7 a.m. tomorrow? Yeah. To oh, that's shoot. hard. Yeah, yeah. a lot so of red-eye flights, um, you know, do this tomorrow you know, type yeah. of thing. And then because um, they don't want to pay you for that second day, you're home at midnight. So you like, you know, that's you true. cram it all I, in. I mean, yeah. as an well, editor, we don't see much of that, obviously, where uh, <laughs> we are in an office or an edit bay and that's where the console is. So we have to report to a place that's the same place every day, day in and day out, generally on a show. You being a producer, uh, yeah, the the migrant factor of having, especially working in the talk format and having to interview people all over the country. It's something that I've always envied. But then at the same time, when I hear producers talk about it, there's a little bit of me where I'm like, eh, maybe I'm not so cut out for. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I think you have fun. Work. You see well, a the, lot of the different time, places. The thing about it is, it's like a lot of times yeah. you don't have time enough to enjoy the area there. Um, so you you know go to these beautiful cities, right. and sometimes the airports start blending together because you're you know in and out, in and out. I've been to New York and back in two days, and oh. then, and then a shoot, you know, and wow. and you're wiped out for three or four days after that, right. Um, but occasionally I did like, when I went to New Orleans one time, I asked for an extra day on me, um, just bought my flight and I paid for the hotel. And so I could spend a day in New Orleans, Yeah, you know, so I, I occasionally did stuff like that, but I've met so many people from all over the country. And that was, that really, um, was the benefit of, of seeing different places, meeting different people. And we're all a lot alike, but there are some, you know, little idiosyncrasies and cultures and different things that you get to see that you wouldn't normally get to see unless you travel. Right. All over the place. So that was the benefit, even though I lack of sleep, whatever. I want to ask Genia. Okay, so when you and Russell talked about moving out of Los Angeles and he said, well, I think I can do this. Let's see. Let's try this. Um, how did this conversation start? What, yeah, that what, what was, was my question. Like, where did it even what begin? What was the straw? Because, okay, so just to reset the table, 
you were a news producer. You lived in different cities. You had come and gone as a family mm -hmm. to California twice, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you came back, mm -hmm. I assume willingly or wantingly. Yeah. And so- My parents lived in Santa Barbara. So okay. we wanted to be That's close to family with the kids being little. Mm -hmm. They started to get tired of living there about the time our youngest was graduating. High school. And right. high school. And- Russell was coming home looking bedraggled, to put it nicely. <laughs> yeah. He was he was getting burned out. Uh -huh. So it was just like, let's go. What are we doing here? Yeah. It's because I wasn't enjoying sitting at a three-minute stoplight when the store was really a block from my house, and oh. it still took 10 minutes to get there. Yeah. I didn't get that. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? I should have walked. What? But then you don't want to walk because it's maybe not safe. Like I just didn't like it anymore. Yeah. So it's just time to go, you know? Okay, that's really, so, that's straightforward and simple. It was yeah. time to go. It was just and you kind of, like we talked about this last night, um, you're kind of a slave to your mortgage when you live in Southern California if you have a, a decent house. Thank you for mentioning that because we talk about that on our podcast, but, you know, being where we are now, uh, like three, four episodes in, you're actually validating that because mm. it is so true. You're a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. Like, where yeah. are we going? And, and, We're and just if, going unless in you're circles. unless you're you know riding the real estate wave and, and you're an investor, mm -hmm. you know you're stuck in that house and you're and you're working to pay the mortgage. And we we were fortunate to live just out in, in Westlake Village, just outside of Los Angeles, where the schools were great, the community was great, the crime was low, um, but you paid more for that. Yeah. And so you you I felt like I was a hamster on a wheel, you know, making money to earn the mortgage. And we we're you know we make decent money doing what yeah. we do. I'm not complaining about that at all, and, and I'm in the DGA, which is a great organization. Directors um, Guild of America. Yeah, yeah. and so um, that's been phenomenal for me. But um, but after a while, you kind of feel like you know, where, where's the what's the end game? Where, where's the end point? And quality of life has to mean something. The older you get, that more that means to you. Yeah, um, and the kids. I wanted to be able to walk outside and hit dirt. Oh, that that's was a just great what I wanted. Yeah, that's, way to put yeah, it. That was her big thing. Yeah. Mission accomplished from what yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you left Los Angeles, you were both ready. So um, how'd that feel landing here and settling in? How did you embrace it because you had wanted it or was it an adjustment still? No, it was never an adjustment. It was surreal. It was fantastic. Is what it was. She had no. I, it was surreal for me, and 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 I don't mean to slight Southern California, but a lot of times down there, people don't you know look at you. It's like everyone's got something to do and somewhere to go. Up here, people, everyone was extremely oh nice. Oh my gosh, it felt like molasses. You go to the supermarket, and you don't realize that the cashier will talk to everyone yeah. for ten minutes in length. Yeah, so you, you just got to everyone. You still had your LA timer. Yeah, your internal you just time. Got yeah. used to it. I'm like, is this happening? What is going on? But now we're just used to it, and it's wonderful. I mean, I love that. And they're very, they're very, um, very nice here, you know. And it, you know, there's good and bad people everywhere, of course. Of course, but, yeah. But it's a, uh, it's a very refreshing experience up here. Now, of course, a lot of Californians. And everybody moving up here, and they. Oh you know, no! Are we gonna? They're gonna yeah. ruin it. We're all gonna ruin <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> but I mean, it's just a whole different vibe. I mean, it's it's much it's much. But once different. you get used to it and settle in, then you know, it's easy. Like you want to get your hair cut. Well, there's one or two people in town that do it, and you're gonna have to call six months in advance because they're booked. Yeah. You want to get your dog groomed. 
Yeah. You might as well just buy a razor from like Amazon because yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I imagine. There's, wait, there's no, po- there's no you- mobile pet grooming places. I think there was one, but it was like $350. (laughs) You saw the little dogs. Yeah. I did that. That's why they look crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. But they're clean. So, you know. So, well, I imagine, you know, especially as a dad and, you know, I I mean, your kids were grown, right? At that Mm -hmm. point. Were they both out of the house at that point? No, one has graduated high school. One was in college and one had literally graduated that day. Yeah, graduated that day. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I imagine, like, for me, uh, yes, it's great to make that leap. Like, when I was packing up the car a month ago this is fantastic. This is what we've been talking about for so long. And then as you're driving or traveling, (laughs) there's a little bit of that provider thing in you that says, am I going to be able to sustain this family? Am I going to be able to, you know, uh, collectively, are we going to be able to pool enough money together to make this work? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about that. That was a little more nerve wracking for me because I I had an opportunity. I met with some people in Portland and I was going to start a company together and it, it didn't it didn't work out um but i was still freelancing for for the show in la um and so uh i know it was, it was really weird because i'm i'm really anxious about about the income and the money and all that stuff like that same, but, of same bro same <laughs> <laughs> but it, how I, could I, you not be but again yeah. i just kind of kind of had we kind of just rolled with it you know i think um well, luckily, we're at the age too where you are getting close to some people retire some people, yeah. you know, so we're getting to that point where if the work starts to peter out, it'll be a slow journey to retirement. Right. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I think in production, we just get so, speaking of being a rat on the wheel, uh, we get so uh, amped up every day to just go do our job, do, 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 do. And in my, in my, in my personal opinion it's been nice having somebody a significant other who's like no this is not living we gotta you know like every Mm -hmm. time that i've been dialed back has been by my wife saying no you need to live a little like you need to enjoy right and sure we we enjoy what we do like i love the creative process and working in television and doing what we do right yeah there comes a point where you're just taking a beating and it's not really you know you're living to work at that point. Right. And yeah, the same for her. I mean, she keeps me sane and she made sure that I didn't, didn't jump over the, the cliff, you know, um, it's a lot, you take in a lot. And when you, when you do the shows that we've worked on, you've seen the things that, you know, the good and bad and mostly the bad in people, um, it could wear on you. Um, and it, it's, it's taken and thank God for this area. I've been able to relax and kind of deal with that thing. And when you're in it, sometimes you don't always see it. Right. But, um, yeah, that, the mental aspect of it, I think, was as big a thing. But um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't be in my career if it wasn't for Aww, her. Yeah, Genia. Look at That's you so too <laughs> on your little porch overlooking heaven. That's so sweet. <laughs> so nice. It's true. Aww. That is sweet. Okay, so Russell and Jeannie, I have to ask you, um, when you um, – it's <laughs> really sweet, isn't it? <laughs> um, when you – did you was there ever a time because you were on that hamster wheel and you were worried about coming here and that hamster wheel slowing down i mean she's like let's embrace it but honestly i mean you were the one on the wheel right do you miss it a tiny tiny bit like that rush that adrenaline that adrenaline rush at all a little bit i miss the camaraderie i mean um even in today's world we're not in we're not in the edit base with the editors very much anymore it's more it's yeah. all virtual oh, i miss the camaraderie cuz mm-hmm. i mean when you go through 
the shows that, that James and I have worked on, um, it's almost like going through war in a certain aspect. I don't want to downgrade soldiers or of anything, course. but it's like going through a battle. And when you go through a battle with someone, there's a bond there. And so a lot of the people that I worked with, the other producers and directors and uh, editors, I miss the camaraderie. I miss the social. Those were your friends. I mean, you get home it's from true. work and you didn't want to socialize because you were like, I was with my friends all day. Yeah. But when you work 12 hour days, it's inevitable. Or 15 or 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In your case. I'm going to take that back because James works 12 hours days. You work 15 to 18. That yeah. is accurate 100%. Sometimes. It's not my yeah. mistake. Not every day. But you know, there are very long Sometimes. days when you're. There were when, long yeah, days. And yeah. You get home at 2 a.m. and leave yeah. at 5 yeah, a.m. Sure. I'm like, why did you even come home? Don't they have a couch? I know. But you. You do have a bond then with these people because yeah. you've spent so many hours with them. I mean, you know about mm -hmm. their families, you know about their hardships, you you know so much about them. Yeah. That had to be a little challenging leaving uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely. Missed, he missed everyone. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. But in many ways, the pandemic forced that hand on all of us. Yeah. It would have. That's, that, that's the irony. It's like we did something that two or three years later we would have been forced to do. Um, we were lucky. In fact, for years before we left, we were trying to get... <laughs> the powers that be to, to let us do work remotely because a lot of times when you're writing or, or, or producing or going through things um, at, at a desk, you can do that from anywhere. Um, yeah. And James but, had that same issue when he would ask his employers, can I work from home? I can edit this from my computer at yeah, home. I mean, they my system at no. home was almost always better than whatever they were <laughs> yeah. renting for yeah. me. Right. I mean, I'd get these, you know, junky towers and <laughs> slow performance on, you know, their systems that they were renting, you know, on a budget kind right. of thing. And right. I, meanwhile, I'd be like, I could have had this done already if I were at home. Yeah. Well, we took, you know, we, you know, we lived 30, we lived about 30 miles from downtown LA and it would take us, you know, where most of my work was, it would take me anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half to get there. So three hours in a travel day. Three so hours yeah. out of your day. And I'm thinking, I could be writing that. I could be working. Oh, Especially absolutely. in your role. I mean, Absa really, absolutely. it's, yeah. you night, know, yeah. if exactly. you just had some sort of server like we do now where you right. could just watch the footage and write your scripts right. and send them off to, you know, editors and get them going. I right. mean, it's essentially your job. Like, that's how our relationship always was. I would hear from you at 9 a.m. and right. you would tell me, okay, this is on the docket for today. We're doing this, this, this and this you have a script for this these other two are coming soon get cracking you know right. and so specifically in your I, I there could be an argument in my case where it's like you needed all the gear and we needed it all networked and you know but in your case i mean i've never i i understood at a point when you had to be in the edit bay because it was just faster to get stuff out. Right. Um, yeah, but that's what one day out of how many? Right weeks? out of I mean, yeah, like the day before the show, show you night, should yeah. be there. Yeah. You yeah. know, so uh, and I, so I feel like it's important to differentiate to the listeners who don't know. Television isn't just this mush where everybody does the same type of show and has the same type of schedule every day or title. Yes. So what we're talking about. You know, my career was historically mostly reality television where I had six or eight weeks to go through, you know, footage, cards and cards of footage. <laughs> and thanks. And so, <laughs> I see you struggling. And so, uh, whereas you working in a talk environment, that's five shows a week, like bang, bang, bang. It's almost as if you're producing live television at that point. And so I think it's important to differentiate just why your 15 or 18 hours were building up the day before the show and that 
sort of stress component and how what was the word you used that he came home bedraggled, bedraggled. which is generous yeah. i mean he got he he was starting to look pale yeah we got a son kind he of was a yeah, I mean, he was climbing like, a mountain twice a week healthy. you know <laughs> so, he didn't look healthy anymore yeah. and it's like this is not i was worried about his health yeah honestly well have you ever seen production people I mean, they all of them need. Oh, here we go. Right now, <laughs> they need vitamin D. Okay, yeah, we, everyone we need needs vitamin D. Every editor I know is anemic. They're all pale as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you two so aren't. No, you guys look good. See, you got out. Yeah, well, we got a little sun this got past week. Or two, so that's you know, good. the disappointing part about uh, you know discussing how it could have been. I mean, I James and I have discussed how it could have been if they would have just listened. Like everyone could have worked remotely starting years ago. Um, it's obviously disappointing, but then think about like the social aspect of it. Like yeah. you would have missed out on that. Yeah. And so it's such a such a twin. It is. Toss. I mean, I wouldn't it be is. sitting at really your house is. right now if you and I hadn't been buddies like right. all these years. Yeah. And you know, I was always excited. I, okay, so I worked on the talk show just one day a week. I got extra union hours for it as an editor, and so for me, it was always just extra money for my family. So I would dip in one day a week, whereas you guys were like in the trenches five, six days, what have you. And uh, but it was always which a pleasure. Is, which for me. is why he thought you were he's like, James is the nicest editor I've ever worked with. Well, that's very Aww. sweet. Thank you. Because uh, you had a good attitude. Right. Because I mean, I was fresh faced yeah, coming in there yeah. every Sunday. I wasn't like everybody else <laughs> yeah. who'd been going down, you know, I mean, to the basement to cut stuff. So yeah. well, we yeah. were always we we're always jealous of the editors, though, because you had a 10 hour day, you know, uh, in and out. And when of you're done, course. you're gone. Yeah. That is enviable. Right. Is that yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was telling yeah. James I used to direct newsca- newscast, uh, a newscast director early in my career, and I loved it because it was adrenaline rush, and and I was I was good at it. But when the show was done, you were done. You didn't yeah. think about it. Yeah. The, uh, working on a talk show, it's like when you're working with, um, you know, different stories. It stays with you even after the show, but you're, you stay especially every some night. of the subject matter we've talked about. Denise brought it up a little earlier before we started recording, and you know, like so, how was your on a particularly say grueling story or gritty story how was your the children ones always bother me the most um how do you how do you um decompress from that like how did how did you see him decompress genia like did you ever so the day after a show usually he had the day off almost always and we would treat it like a vacation day. It was usually a Tuesday or Wednesday and we might run a few errands or go for a hike. And then we would get something really yummy to eat and we'd sit on the porch and just relax. We were like, we had, we had to take advantage. There was no such thing as, you know, running around and just doing a bunch. I tried to make it. So by the time he had his day off, the house was clean. There was food to eat. You know what I mean? I tried to do that. How thoughtful. Well, I mean, because I wanted to see him too. Like, you know, it was like a celebration. Oh, you're home. So that's what we did. And now we get to do that every day. That's fantastic. Pretty great. Yeah. So let's talk about what's happening now. So uh, you moved here. I have to say, I did think of this. For empty nesters out there, it really helped to move. Because I was going to be so, I was going to be so sad. Oh, about what? About what? The kids. They're gone. That was my life. Aww. Yeah, we, we were in the house I was going to be so sad. Years, and leaving so like... was the best decision because we just created a new life. You know? 
and they still come to visit, of course. But, but you were kept busy by moving into I, a home, doing landscaping, I didn't have to look at their bedroom that, that they'd had. You know, oh, like, yes. You can decorate. Yeah. And make it a guest room for them when they come and not be their exactly. old bedroom. Exactly. Yeah. We just yeah. all kind of started over. And it's like it was just the perfect time to reinvent ourselves. That's a great w- way to put it. A gr- yeah, like the is. perfect time to reinvent How yourself. How are your kids with the move? Because yeah. uh, our story is a little similar because, you know... Ellie had to pack up her entire life around yeah. the same time your son Gary did. Yeah, uh, he was seemed better though. He was angry. Was he angry? Oh, let's hear it. We had three months <laughs> before he went to school to college. And wait, let's go back to we. He was in high school when you moved. Let's talk right, about so that. Right. So he gra- I don't. We didn't. He didn't even walk because we were like, no, well, actually, we're leaving. Like, I think we left <laughs> on want, his prom He didn't day. want to walk. He didn't really care about it. But he, he didn't really he care. He was but mad because he didn't get to spend the su- his last summer with his friends. That's what. In high so school. when we right. got up here, he was mad. He was angry. So we flew in one of his friends for a couple weeks, or that was week nice. or whatever. But I mean, he was pretty pissed. He didn't care about moving. He was okay mm-hmm. with that, but he just wanted to spend the summer with his friends. Yeah. yeah. He was like, You ripped me away from Wasn't my there friend. anybody but that he could have stayed with? Like I said all we did was speed up the inevitable. It was going to happen. And honestly, what are a bunch of 17-year-old kids going to do in the summer that's good? <laughs> I think if he were here, he would yeah. disagree with you. Like, I think he might a, be I mean, like, that's accurate. You're doing community service, mom. <laughs> that's accurate. Yeah, yeah right. If, if, he asked him, if you asked him today, he probably would, he'd probably say he doesn't care about it anymore. But back right. then, it was, it, it, it was yeah. hard. Yeah. It, was an, it was an adjustment for him. I think everyone else was thrilled with it. Yeah. yeah but, daughter had and no he came about. around. You know, he saw he loves the house. He thought it was beautiful out here. So he came around. But yeah, I mean, kids, (laughs) if we had stayed, he would have been miserable, too. Because if friends would have been going on vacation, you know, you just just have to do sometimes you have to do what's right for you and the kids will follow and they'll figure it out. And you did what was right for the kids for so many years. So this was this was for us. Yep. Yeah. And then he went went off to college and and. uh, Monica was already in college. So. She was in Alaska when we got here, right? Yeah. Your daughter, Monica, was just, in Alaska. What year to, of um, college was she in when you moved? Or was she, she already was a graduated? sophomore. Okay. But so, you had, she, so her last year in college, she just kind of scooted around. She went to Alaska for a, a while in the summer, and then she went to Europe. And then, so this was her home base, but she really never. She, she, she was thinks, traveling. She was yeah, in college, so it didn't did much thing. matter where you lived exactly. as long yeah, as she yeah, could come right. back. And she loves she this loved area. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's up in, How the, could you not, in the islands off of Seattle, so yeah. she just loves it. Yeah. So could you fine. ever imagine going back? No. 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 In we fact, I went back. We actually drove back recently. Yeah. yeah. When, two, two stories. I had a I got a I had a job working for a, a city down in Southern California, and so I flew down there, and I said, what the heck? I'm going to go by the old house just to see what it's like. Very emotional for me because I hadn't seen it since then. But what was good is it, it's one of those things you say you can't go back. Yeah. Like the, the, they had let the yard go and it just, and, and the neighbors had kind of moved and it just, it wasn't the same anymore. So it was like, it just, it just felt like um, we did make the right decision. You wow. Know? They let the yard go. Yeah. It was, Isn't it was that, about the time that people it was started. The drought. I mean, what yeah. are you going to do? But it wasn't, but it was emotional. But then we went back a year ago mm-hmm. and uh, it was one of those Southern California. 95 degree days and oh my gosh we couldn't wait and we we tried we're like let's just go to the beach go to our old stomping grounds right the beaches that we loved that were for the locals yeah let's go there 
Couldn't get to him. There was no parking. There Couldn't was find no, a parking spot. It was spot. so yeah. it was So, so it was packed. like the universe was telling you, you this made the not, right decision. Yeah. Like I think so, yeah. Because if, if you found parking right away, your house looked great. Like you'd be like, why'd we leave? Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we loved, we fortunately been, we've been in places that, that matched the stage of life we needed. Like we, when I was in, in uh, affiliate news when I first started, like I mentioned before. So we went, you know, we were in Tucson for a couple of years. We were in Indianapolis for four years. We had my daughter in Tucson. We had my son in Indianapolis. And we lived in a neighborhood in Indianapolis where everyone had small kids. It was a nice little community and Midwest values. And it fit that time of our life. And then when the kids were a little older, we wanted to move back to California to be closer to family. So we moved back and everything. And we wanted a more diverse community for them. True. To be fair. To be fair. That was a big part of yeah, it. Yeah. Family and and and, and be back to And to be California. exposed to different things and different mm-hmm. people. Yeah. You know? And Cali- and LA definitely offers that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was different everything's kind of been a different chapter of what we needed. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to, to That's make that the thing. Happen. It's if life isn't working for you, just it's on you to figure it out and do something different. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's just uh, you know, exclusive to LA. I mean, I think there are plenty of people living in places right now where the job is a grind everybody has work issues and it can be a grind especially when you're deep like 15 20 years in and you're like oh right you know this is getting stale but mm-hmm. i have to do this because this is what i'm good at this is how i make money right but then when play becomes a grind as well you just talked about getting to the beach and yeah like you Couldn't know even do it when work and play both become a grind it may be time to look at another place you know <laughs> Know what I mean? That's it's a like, very yeah. good point. You need yeah. one or the other or both, you know, to be right. And it, I think it is balanced. an age thing too, though. I think because when you're twenty something, LA is amazing. It you, really you, is. You have everything there. You can do anything. You, you don't mind all, all the other stuff. You don't mind all this. You don't stuff. mind sitting in traffic for forty five minutes to get to the beach and then an hour and a half to get home. You don't mind looking for a parking spot and circling and circling. You're right because you have all the time in the world when you're twenty five. Right, and right? you love you know the weather's obviously amazing. You love being around the entertainment industry and all that thriving totally. stuff. And but then you get older and you realize what do you really want? What you know? What do I want now in this stage in life? I want peace and quiet i want green i want you know and you want uh the ability to say you know to stand up at your desk and say okay uh i have to be at back to school night and it's going to take me an hour and 20 minutes on the 405 so now i have to leave so now i'm the guy sorry i gotta leave at noon i'm I'm the guy (laughs) leaving the office early and everybody's looking at me as i pack up my case and walk out the door you know and so um i don't that's the part i don't miss I, i would be sitting on freeways just you know sweating it out stressing that i just need to get to this on ramp and then i know the side street and i can get to my kids <laughs> xyz game mm-hmm. back to school night like i said right. you name it you know right. and yeah. to be there for your family with all those sort of literal roadblocks in your way uh and to have that removed is you know super exciting for me like like ellie's going to be playing volleyball or mia's will be, mia will be in utah or parker will be in texas uh, they're just a flight away from me now, you know, and sure there's a distance there or what have you, but the ability to say I can work all day and go out and meet my daughter for dinner. If I'm in another city, uh, you know, there's That's a incredible. lot of inspiration that comes from. We talk a lot about Los Angeles because that's where we're from. That's where Russell and Genia came from also. And so we'll relate our stories to that. But there's 
a Los Angeles for everyone in any city, like wherever it's a any grind large for city, them. But pretty yeah, much, yeah. I, or yeah. or even just it could be whatever your grind is. Like you said it best. Like whatever your grind is, and you said it best. At, um, you know, it's I, I'm I'm not quoting you because I'm going to get it wrong. But basically, if you're in a situation, it's on you to mm-hmm. remedy that situation. If it doesn't work for you anymore. Yeah, do something different, and you can live in Life the middle of Podunk, and what's happening there could be something different. Maybe it isn't traffic, but there is a grind that's keeping you from it's being the happy. Meth lab next door. It is the meth lab it's really next door. Really getting you down. You gotta <laughs> yeah. leave. It is the meth yeah. lab next door. Uh, so what is it like? What is it that you can make a change? And sometimes. A location can be the perfect change. I, yeah, mean, I mean, look at where you guys are now. So we talked about you being 20 minutes from a major airport. Right. It's not uh, as big. So Portland is not as big as, you know, uh, Seattle or, yeah. or Chicago or New York or L.A., but it's a good it's a decent sized city. And it's right. Like if you really want that nightlife, you can be there in 20, 30 minutes. Right. Right. The same amount of time it would take you to get halfway to Hollywood if you were exactly. meeting friends, right. exactly. you know? right. And so, uh, for her to get to a, like to Panga Canyon, I yeah, mean, honestly, well, yeah, for like... you guys, forget it. <laughs> yeah. like, but, but you know, just to have that ability, like, uh, maybe the answer for some people is just a decent mid sized city with an airport where they can still access their family across the country. Uh, and like you're living in what most would perceive to be the countryside, a very right. rural environment. It feels to me, and hearing you talk, it feels like you guys have found the sweet spot for yourselves. For us, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you would want different? Um, if we had done this 20 years ago without Amazon, it would have been harder. Now it's like you need something, you order it, it still gets here the next day, even though we are pretty rural. Yeah. It's usually, you know, really fast. And we don't, own, I don't we enjoy... don't own Amazon stock, by the way. So. No, <laughs> but I mean, I don't enjoy traveling for an hour to pick up one thing that I need. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you'll do without. Exactly. I know. And so now that is kind of a luxury that, you know. It really is. It's a blessing I and agree. A curse. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, you have to just be like, do I really need this? Because it's just so easy. Well, now I know why you chose the no income tax over no sales tax because you're fine going without. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That was a yeah. smart call. And the funny thing is about the Pacific Northwest, both Costco and and uh, Amazon are based in Seattle, and yeah. and so if we order anything, it's really weird how fast we get it. I mean, oh. it'll be here tomorrow sometimes if I want yeah. it. That's a very good point. Yeah, You're it's, right. It's crazy. The distribution of Amazon and, and Costco both. on Costco online, too, um, is extremely fast up here. So you really just have heaven. Let's just say it. You just <laughs> well, have well, slice, for but, sure. But I mean, Spend a couple winters had, with us, uh, you know. But I like to cook, but I'm, I haven't cracked the code on good Chinese food. Okay. So we haven't had Chinese food f- since we've been here for seven years. We just... Because there's there's some things to... you have to give up. I mean, honestly, yeah. like that's just yeah. how it is when you move to certain areas. Mm-hmm. Like, you're gonna be hard pressed to find good. And I Indian could, if I really places. cared, I would figure it out. I just, ha- I was telling James, I bought a pizza oven, uh, just because we missed really good pizza. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna have to figure it out myself. Yeah, you are. You know? So there are are some things, yeah. but I also started baking bread, which I'm not gonna. I didn't do that before, but that's also kind of pandemic yeah, stuff totally. that a whole bunch of people start doing stuff like yeah. that. So. It's just that I started five years earlier. Yeah, you did. The pandemic when we moved added to a whole new level. So when people were upset about the pandemic, 
You were like, you're already living it. Like, like, I know, we're already there. Yeah, we're good. Because you're you're pretty quiet at home. You yeah. don't socialize a ton. So Not you were really lot. like already had been living that quiet, hunker down lifestyle Why before 2020 hit. Why is that they have to read a book? Like, that's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> that is a very good point. Spoken as a true author. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, so I do want to mention that you know, one of, I, I mean, I have to admit a little bit of envy when I would see your posts on Facebook <laughs> with your drone. So you became an FAA licensed drone operator. Yeah. And uh, I would say, yeah, about when you first moved here five or six years ago, I would see these things pop up in your feed that would make me jealous. Uh, <laughs> the scenery was so gorgeous. And he would talk about it. I, I you know, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like this guy. And we knew you and I talked about, we knew one or two other people who had sort of gotten out of, you know, LA specifically in our own circle um, who were trying to make it work in other cities with varying degrees of success. Some of them had to come back, you know, but um, that uh, would be hard. Yeah, oh, I would it was. So. Uh, I would definitely think so. The technology wasn't there for us yet. The allowance by our employers wasn't there yet. You know, yeah. with everything, how, how everything's changed. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, I give you a lot of credit. It's uh, you kind of decided to do that thing, and you know, you had had your production company before, correct? Yeah, I started that actually before I started the talk shows industry. Um, I. It, I was in a I was a newscast uh, director for many years, and then um, I, I worked for a station as the operations manager. I was doing the promotions and commercials, and they switched to Spanish, uh, and they and they simulcast, so they laid everybody off. No habla so, inglés. Huh? No, no, oh, no, <laughs> uh, but no, you speak a lot of English, honey. I speak a lot. I know. Of I said it backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we had bought all this equipment to start my production company. And then I got a call from a friend of a friend, a producer, and I started a new job, you know, working for a, a talk show as a producer. So um, it all kind of coincided. So when I wasn't doing the talk show stuff, I was doing my own production. So you so. were still doing it throughout the time you were in California as much as possible? Yeah, during hiatuses and things like that okay. and, and work breaks and things. What were you producing? On Yourself. Myself. With, with the production um, company. I did commercials. Like um, local oh, business commercials? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of um, the early stuff for social media. Um, government stuff for health. A lot of right? government stuff yeah. for emergency services. Um, we should wait for the Coast Guard. That's very apropos. Oh, is it the Coast Guard? Okay. That's no, pretty incredible. Okay. What is it? I think it's the Army. Okay. They're, we're in a... Yeah. So not You'll only... There you go. Oh, there he goes. Oh, yeah, it is the army. So not only is Washougal beautiful, it's also very safe. <laughs> Those There's are Apaches. Two of them. There's two of them. They're Apache helicopters. Yeah. Wow. Um, Joint Base Lewis-McChord is about uh, 80 miles north okay. by, uh, by um, Tacoma. Or no, by um, Olympia. Olympia. You probably passed it. Yeah, but they'll they'll fly Blackhawks like right on the deck, right across oh, our house that's all the time. Awesome. It's nice. Crazy. Okay, we couldn't have planned that any better. No, we couldn't. Literally. We couldn't. I wanted to stop, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go. So continue, <laughs> Russell. You were doing government. Uh, what oh, yeah, type of um, government work were you doing? Like emergency services uh, for counties and cities and stuff like that. Commercials um, on television. They were, those were more they were informational. Yeah, those were more oh. informational. So oh, it's like okay. we we would do an exercise. They would do a, like a. Uh, an earthquake, a, 
earthquake preparedness thing. Got it. And so they would, would do the employees a, we'd simulate would an earthquake it. Okay. and they'd be the fire and, and response from emergency services. Yeah. So I would tape that, put it together and, and for uh, demonstration purposes. So I did a lot of stuff like that. I've done um, corporate videos, um, you know, for PR and different things. Um, I've been fortunate to do a lot of things. I was telling James, uh, I worked with the sheriff's de department down in Southern California and I was able to fly in a helicopter yeah. and go on rescue missions, um, just all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. That's when great. you did the helicopter over the fire, that was a little scary. Oh yeah. I got a phone call. Do you have time for a you could short feel story? The heat. Yeah. You could we feel hear the it. heat. I'm like, oh. I, I got a, I, I got a call. It was my day off and, um, I was buddies with the guys on the search and rescue. And so they also did the airdrops for the fires oh wow and so he called me and said hey there's a fire just over by your house come here meet me at the I'm landing spot the house is gonna burn down and he goes for a joy ride meet me at this landing spot <laughs> so he goes he goes come over to this this you know where they had the landing they had the fuel and landing set set up um i go over to my camera my gear i just scramble get my gear together i run over to this place it was like a mile or two from my house and he lands and i get in the co-pilot seat it's just him basically um, but it is just him. And so we take off and, and, um, there's this fire just outside of thousand Oaks in the, the mountains there in the forest. Is this, and so is this even legal? What? What you did there. Oh That's, God. I don't want some, I think everybody to hear this and figure out like, what's the company that took him up in the, <laughs> I think we're fine. Go okay. ahead, Russell. Continue. You can cut it. So the first thing we did was <laughs> first thing we did was flew over Lake Sherwood and drop down and fill the helicopter up with, with water. water. And as we're lowering down, I look over and those those huge helicopters that look like grasshoppers kind of, yeah. you know, that carry the buckets. There's one next to it, like all next to it. It's just like, this is like a war zone, right? They're dropping next to us and it's like surreal and I'm, and I'm swinging around. This is the day before HD. So I had an old, um, it wasn't old, but DVC Pro camera and they're much bigger. And so I'm trying not to hit anything as I'm shooting around. And then so we pick up, we fill up, we pick up, and we're going down these canyons. And this guy was a former, um, I think he, there were several pilots. One of them was a former Vietnam pilot. And one, yeah. wow. one was a, um, a FBI, former FBI pilot. So we're dropping into these canyons. And the part that she hates is that the smoke these are old you know these are vietnam helicopters that have been that have been repurposed and so we're going down these canyons and the fire is you can feel the heat on your feet wow. and the smoke is wow. kind of coming through a little bit of the cracks in the helicopter while he's dumping water on these fires and putting out the thing so you do you you see it on tv or a newscast but you don't but to be in it to be in it to appreciate the skill set that these guys have and the danger they put themselves in um I did not realize that those pilots were like ex-military. I honestly thought they were just trained pilots by the fire department. That's something new I just learned right now. No, most of them. I mean, I think one guy was. Uh, a, I, I can't say too much because I think that'll get, it'll give away. The I don't understand detail, how but... they were in Vietnam with the ages. What are we talking about? Do you mean like Afghanistan, maybe or something? No. How? What? He but look, was, it was how many years ago though? He's the guy was probably. I mean, how many years ago was it? Yeah, that's and, a good. So maybe been doing the guy a long was time, sixty. Kind of. yeah. yeah. I mean, no, that could like right. That work? I, I don't, don't know. know. We have to figure it he out. In, it my uncle, right. he was in his sixties at the time. This was, you oh, know, okay. So yeah. he was older. And he it was, was older. A while ago. All right, yeah. I accept. But anyway, it's, it's just like. <laughs> you just, Are you, you didn't believe? They didn't, what did you think was a hundred years like old? Live fact checked here yeah, yeah, on no, your story. You know, live fact check. He was a well, hundred year old pilot. The years true. don't add up. No, but most of them have a background in either um, police force or um, 
Yeah, military. Military. I did not know that. I honestly yeah. thought that those helicopter uh, f- were those helicopters that drench the fire with water or the the chemicals that they throw on it were trained by the fire department. I did not realize they were could be. Well, I can't speak for all of them, but no, I know. the ones yeah, yeah. that I've known. Have, That's very have been, interesting. Yeah. That I mean, makes military... sense though, because they have to go in and out quick, and yeah. they have to be very accurate in what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, where else are you going to get the training that you need for a similar situation? I've know? always said that the military should have a better exit program. Uh, I'm a, a, yeah. Because you have always people that have always fine skill sets. Agreed. And they get out and they're, and they're looking for work. Yeah. Um, just like, but a lot of these guys, I mean, they'd be great at a lot of these skilled positions of slight danger. You're you know, right. Because you know, they're used to that type of thing. Yep. That is true. Wow. That's a great story. So, um, long convoluted, but <laughs> not at all. So you jumped out of that, that, of that, um, helicopter when it landed and ran home and was like, Oh my gosh, guess what I just did. Yeah. And she, I was happy and excited. And she, she was, was very nervous. angry. Yeah. <laughs> they gave him a flight suit for that. Wasn't that the day? And no, to the team gave me a flight suit that I wore. He still has it. No, he uses it when he works on the car and it cracks me up every Aww. time. Do you yeah, look like Tom awesome. Cruise? A little bit more, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course I do. He's much more handsome. Oh. oh, that's a great story. Yeah, but we've, we've been able to do a lot of different things. And I think um, one of the things when I first started in TV was to try to learn as much as I could about everything. And I always tell kids when I talk to them today and they ask me about careers, it's like learn everything that you can because yeah. – even if you're not going to do that, it's going to make you have more respect for that person. I know how to edit, so I have a lot of respect for James because I know how much better he is than me and, and, and <laughs> how he, it, it's his forte. Um, I'm a photographer, and I've always been I've always had been a still photographer and a hobby, but I, but I was a news photographer first, and you know when I first got in the business, so I know how to shoot and I know angles and lighting and stuff like that. So that helped me in my production company. So the more you can learn about the different things, you have not only respect for the people around you, but you can, like as a director, producer, I know if I'm asking someone to do something, what it entails, how hard it's going to be and, or how easy it's going to be. Right. So that that's a huge thing for me um, that, I, that I've learned. That's great advice, honestly. But, I've heard that from more than one person, successful people who've said things like, um, something as simple as I ran the lighting for this little tiny um, advertising agency when I was in the mail room. They needed an extra person to help out. And I, I did that and I did it more than once. And literally now they were working on Jay Leno doing lighting, like stuff like that. Like, you know, in Podunk, nowhere. I mean, Jay Leno's obviously not on the air, but do you know what I mean? Like they did uh, stuff like that. So that's great advice. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people really do that. Some people think they're beneath certain things and they don't, they don't do that. They don't, they won't do that. Well, I was watching the thing the other day. It was Rich, the Rich Eisen podcast mm-hmm. um, on YouTube, and um, he was interviewing Terry Crews, the actor. And um, he said, uh, "Well, how'd you get into acting?" And he said, "Well, he was a security guard." And f- forgive me if I mess this story up, Terry. Uh, <laughs> he was a security I'm sure guard. He's listening. He was Genie is going to. You don't think he's listening to our podcast right too. now? Okay, she's gonna, Genia. She's going to fact check you again. Go ahead. <laughs> Terry's was, totally listening. He was a security guard on movie sets. And, and so he started meeting people. And then um, one of his jobs was to to look after Ice Cube's car on set when he was doing uh, next what, Friday. What's it? Next Friday? I think it was next yeah, Friday. Yeah, next Friday was yeah. the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It was the first one. Friday. Oh, okay, Friday. Friday. So he was doing Friday. So um, he was looking after Ice Cube's car, you know, which was a you know, simple job, whatever. But then um, the dog's barking in the background. Uh, but then when uh, next Friday came around, Ice Cube or somebody had known, you know, saw him and knew him and they put him in the next movie. 
And just because he was a you know security guard on the set, so even though if you're not in like you're saying yeah. you're not in that profession, just getting yourself around that profession and learning more about it, you know, sometimes oh, lead to absolutely. different things. Yeah. For I mean, how many sure. times people say, "Oh, they, you know, I saw him because he was in a certain area, or he was a PA, and so I made him." Uh, you know, that works in our industry all the time. He was yeah, a PA on totally. this, so he gets to be on this. It's a step up. This. Yeah. It's not saying no and just trying to do as much as you can. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So now for our, uh, say, either younger listeners or professionals that want to start their own production company have always had the itch to do that. Can you just uh, take me through sort of your approach on trying to score a job, a gig, like, uh, who, That's how do you, the tough, the thing, the fear, the thing Let's I ask Jeannie out, that question. Cause I think she was helping a lot in that area. Weren't you? No, it's the, it's <laughs> the was, pounding the pavement thing hard. is the toughest. And, and, um, as a, you know, you, as a creative people, we're not the best marketers of ourselves. True. Cause we're not, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't put our, you know, say, Oh, I'm the bad blah, blah, blah right. out there. It's really hard. Um, I'm really fearful of people now that have to do it because, Everyone with a cell phone thinks they're a camera guy. Everyone with they, and everyone with a iMovie thinks they're an editor. Yeah. So it's really and and people don't care as much about quality anymore. No, they as, just need fifteen seconds and a gimmick. And a, laugh, yeah, it, you know? and TikTok has totally obliterated quality. You know, it's a great it's platform for a lot of people, but it, it's obliterated comedy. So I um I don't um. I Good don't know luck what, to them. That's huh? what you would say. Good luck to you. Yeah. It's I, hard. And, and I, it's yeah. hard right now. I think a lot of times you have to do spec stuff. A lot of times you have to put stuff out there on YouTube, yeah. show your quality. Um, you know, the pandemic killed a lot of the local business. I know it did for me as well because I, I worked with a lot of corporations that, you know, during pandemic just didn't do anything. And now the right. budgets are all kind of reassociated. Um, Zoom killed a lot of things for live feed uh, production uh, because they, you know, why pay for someone to come up with a lot of equipment when you can just do it on your laptop, you know? Right. So, um, but I guess to, to answer your question, I, in today's world, I don't know. Um, learn as much as you can, do as much as you can, and I guess, um, prom, you know, promote yourself on all your platforms. Yeah, just uh, always be putting out content and, you know, wherever you can find it kind of thing, I suppose, is it, the answer like a lot of people trade. give. Yeah. You got a lot of jobs by accepting trade. Yeah, early on it was even that, now. Yeah, sometimes yeah. It's, there's a little bit of like, well, you don't want to pay this much. Okay, I'll accept this much in trade. And I'm going, really? No, we got five hundred dollars worth of beer. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works in the you know in the restaurants and, and pub, pub aspects. But of you have it. to do what you can do. I mean, right. to get your stuff shown. I mean, right. that it's it's. I know what, and, and, and it's it's being nice to everyone is a is a huge thing because I've gotten so many jobs because someone doesn't have anything right away, but they defer me to the other person. Like yeah. I've done things for cities, and then the cities have, you know, maybe the husband of somebody that you worked with is a PR person for this thing, and oh, so I've gotten jobs great. that way. So it, especially if you're in a smaller community, be nice to everyone because you never know who's going to know who. Don't talk shit. About don't talk crap about people, <laughs> you know, just, just, um, try to be nice to everyone because you'd never know what your next thing's going. I mean, I've, I've been in situations where I'm like, Oh God, what's my next job going to be? And then I'll get a phone call from a friend of a friend, Yeah, you know, and you just, you just never know. Right. But I want to, oh, that's very helpful. And I think that that would lend itself to a lot of young people who aren't sure where to start. Like, yes, like maybe go to your local businesses, do a, do a trade yeah, I mean, or uh, do, you know, yeah. doing, doing little tricky videos on TikTok and 
uh, all the other platforms is great, and it can it's certainly be seconds. a springboard. But there does come a point where it's like you want to try and track down paid work. You know, you want to catch a restaurant that needs a spot, or you know, there, there comes a point where you have to evolve. Otherwise, you're just some. You have dude. to be willing to put in the. It's like the old hit the. Your feet have to hit the pavement and you have to go in and introduce yourself yeah. and tell people what you do. And, and do you can't actual. be afraid to do that. Yeah. And that's hard. It is for sure. And I think especially I, I can only speak to my kids like they hate picking up the phone to call. Oh, some. Yeah. You know, I tell my older daughter, you're going to have to call the DMV to get this sorted out. You just moved to another state. She's like, ah, you know, and a, 10 days goes by and I'm like, you're going to get popped for having an out of state license. It is expired, you know, mm -hmm. and uh Finally, she did it and she texted me, but it's, it is generationally, obviously it's just quicker. Right. They've actually trained us to text, right. you know, like my kids, I know if I want a response for my kids quickly, I'm going to text them. Yeah. So they've totally trained me. It's, I've been, I think it comes, I've been reverse engineered. It comes down know? to sending an email to introduce yourself, sending links to your work, then going and talking to them in person. Yeah. Hey, did you get that email? And then following up with another email, you know, yeah. it takes, tenacious, yeah. it does. And sometimes you're probably going to irritate someone, you know, but when someone says no, He's like, we're done. Like, he doesn't bother them. Right. You know, but you do have to, because people, oh, yeah, no, I got your email. I'm actually really interested. But he never would know that if he didn't go see them or call mm -hmm. them. Right. Because mm -hmm. you're not the, they, people don't realize the power and importance of a, of a video or some type of presentation until they see it. And so you really it's have true. to like, it's very true. You have to keep talking to them and, and keep doing it. And once I have so many clients, once you do a video for them, they're like, wow, this is really great. I'm glad we did this. But just because now they're visualizing their business, like right. you just presented but, someone else's to them. But most mm -hmm. businesses, it's a low priority because they have so many bills above that. You know, they got employment, yeah. they've got, um, you know, food or whatever the case may be, you know, sure. to pay for. Um, and so they're not thinking, you know, I need to pay such and such money to, to have a video to advertise on on Facebook or, you know, they probably YouTube. think it's a luxury when in actuality it's a necessity. It really is. I think so. I mean, so. I know I'm speaking because we're in video, but it yeah. really is. I mean, because mm -hmm. no, where else can you get a short blurt of visual, especially if you're talking like food or clothing or, or vacation spot or whatever, rather than, you know, if you see a cool aerial shot of a drone shot over something that looks really enticing, you're going to, you're going to want to go there. Well, look, you found this place. <clears throat> Genia found this place because of a video from the city. Am I correct when you said mm -hmm. that you saw yes. it was mm -hmm. a, a local person probably oh, yeah, shot this is it? A great story. Yeah, and you saw. So tell us how it you was, found well, this. They were hired area. by the city, and it was on YouTube. Well, I found the city because it was a certain distance from the airport, and I oh that looks small. It looks you know charming. So I look. I just you know you just go to YouTube and you type in the city name, and this video popped up that the city had hired someone to produce. So and that's, I, I mean, right yes, now we're talking about this. Move here. Yep. That yeah. video yeah. actually made you move yeah. here. Yeah. Well, it made me go to realtor.com and then look at all the houses, you know. Right. It, but if the city a, had a, not done that it, video. Yeah, it was the first domino. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Your, your like actual proof that it works. Proof. It and works. then ironically, I end up yeah, getting hired by the, the same city to, to update the video. <laughs> which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? The, mm -hmm. the video that got you here. They now have Russell's new and video. And my voice is on it. 
So there we go. Oh, genius. Stop it. And you didn't want to do our podcast. You sneak. You're a voiceover artist. I know. We have to just. But, you know, (laughs) get out. She didn't want to talk anymore outside the booth. She's like, forget it. Um, But we do have to talk a little bit about what Genia does because also her job translates kind of. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's important. Your job translates anywhere as well. Russell's was a little bit iffy, Mm -hmm. but you're an author. So let's talk about what you do. I just need my laptop. That's all I need is my laptop. That's what I do. And how many books have you written? I've written, I think, five or six novels. And what are they about? Oh, all different. Fiction. They're just all different things. Um, Euthanasia, reincarnation, autism, anything that seems controversial and piques my interest. Do you find this locale um, like flaring up different creative juices? Do you find where you are? Right now I'm writing educational material and it makes me tired. And so, no, I'm not (laughs) feeling creative right now, but I'm wrapping up a project and I'm hoping that, you know, you get, you just need that idea that just makes you want to write, makes you want to wake up and write. And I haven't had that idea for a while because I'm writing other stuff. Okay. So, so location doesn't matter. Seasons matter. To me, tell me about that. Fall is a great. It's always been my writing because kids kids went back to school. It's starting to cool off a little, and so here it's even better because it starts raining. And what does the rain do for you? It makes you go inside, and then I love writing in the rain. It's just the best, right? I love hearing that. I mean, don't most people love? I love getting cozy in the rain, but I'm not going to start writing. Yeah, we watch Netflix Netflix. in the rain. So (laughs) you, I want to hear about how you get inspired by the rain. Yeah, just because you get to be alone and quiet and inside and, you know, it's just a perfect time. And then in the summer, it's like, that's not writing season. You're outside and you're doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure most creative people, whether they're musicians or writers or whatever it is, editors even, it's like, it's probably much easier to edit when the weather is not great. Yeah, your other options are taken away. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you've been meaning to start tackling a new project, it's the perfect time. Right. That's the one thing you, you, when you, because living in LA, it's always good weather, but moving up here, you really learn to, to, you choose your seasons and what you're going to do. Like we said earlier off Mm -hmm. camera or off mic that um, we do all, you know, we're doing all the house fixes during the spring summer because the sun's out. Yeah. You know, it's like. That was actually the only adjustment for us. Oh, tell me about it. Well, just in the winter is really a creative, fall winter is really creative. And then, and you put off you know, painting the house and doing the yard work and all that because you really can't do it. And so then when that comes, you realize, okay, I have to put all the creative stuff on the back burner to get all this stuff that's been building up done. So, and I'm sure a lot of people in the country already had that, but from Southern California, that was so new to us. Yeah. If you don't live in Southern California, then you don't realize it is sunny 10 months out of 12. Oh, growing up in Santa Barbara, (laughs) my mom used to say, um, go outside it's beautiful out you know so she's always shooing us out of the house and we but we're never inside that yeah it's beautiful every single day almost. this is why I mean. you don't leave genia your mom did it to you yeah, yeah that's probably true the one, the one thing about her, her her books are on amazon i was gonna ask are yeah. you published are you self-published, I'm just self-published. it's self-published yeah. she, it she went too... through a few agents we talked about yeah. that before yeah um and that's a difficult process and that's my sure. another podcast for you guys i'm sure um but the frustrating thing is her books, so the people that do get them are very well received. And she's like literally had- I do have some nice Had reviews. emails okay, and texts saying, you've changed my life. This is the most important thing to me. You know, I went wow. through this, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but you know, like we talked about, a lot of the crappy shows get made, but good shows don't. Oh, don't yeah. make it. We were talking. So it's about frustrating this. for her because she's a very good writer and she's got really good um, books out there. But she couldn't get an agent that you know if it if it didn't sell in you know a month, she was done. And so she get another agent, and it yeah, it was a game. It's a, it's a game. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's terrible. A lot of good movies, books, television shows, artwork undiscovered for no reason that any of us at this table could even explain. I think as artists in general, anyone creative, just like all of us here, really, you're the only true business person, I feel like, because you oh. are creative, but then you are able to market yourself. I have to run my business, Marketing yeah. is hard for creatives to, hustle. to work Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. uh, your story, hearkening back to what you said earlier, is you know, as creatives, we don't really market ourselves right. as well as we can. Right. Yeah. So to. we're going to do it for you, Jeannie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I expect one. So uh, do you you do you write under your own name? Do you mm -hmm. use a pen name? Yeah, no, Jeannie Stemper. Yeah. Okay, we're going to put it in the liner notes of the show. <laughs> yeah, no, really, we are absolutely. Thank you. Everybody needs to read I hope these I don't books. Disappoint. Damn it, but read books, is, people. Think, they make you smarter. I think she was a little bit ahead of her time in this, a couple of the novels that might yeah. have been before sure. um they were be well received oh now, ahead of her time you said so i think yeah i think she talks often talks about revisiting you know trying to market those again because she talks about things that are a little bit of controversy i talk about it but, but i'm not going to do it let's be fair marketing <laughs> is a i don't want to spend my it's time it's not the that aspect way. of I don't your spend my time it's that the, way. Yeah, right yeah. and most of the things she writes somebody. are cathartic for her too yeah. i mean denise will do it for you yeah, she's gonna go. be in the car there you go oh yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> I'll just add it to the list of, of so, uh, to do's. On my... But that does bring up a theme because we were talking about your daughter, Annika, mm -hmm. who is a musician and she's getting some oh, traction. She's a beautiful voice. And so good. Uh, similarly, uh, you know, I'm sensing a pattern between me, the three of you, and and uh, it's it's the marketing aspect of it. She loves to perform. Mm -hmm. The marketing part is a grind. We'll put her it name is. in the show notes. She well. has to. She, <laughs> she has to. She's really on Spotify. Her voice voice is beautiful. She really. Yeah, she has to be like, okay, I need to do another post. I haven't done a post in a month. Most wow. people who are really wanting to get out there are going to post daily. Daily. Yeah. And she just would rather be stories. writing a song. Yeah. Right. So. That's a true artist. That's so. That's such a between a rock and a hard place. That is a true artist. That's, I know she just wants to create. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why people wow. have managers and yes. yeah. I was going to say, absolutely. and they're definitely uh, you know if somebody's handling your your like Denise has somebody who handles her social media. So oh, uh, there comes a point in every day where Denise is a creative one. She's creating the videos and everything, but in terms of metrics and stats and all and followers, and I don't have very many followers. I mean, honestly, like my business account only had three thousand followers, which is nothing. I mean, for as long as I was doing it. But Lots um, for a business. I was impressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. Well, that's so sweet. Um, but I still hired, I had a person that I employed for years to help me just when to post, the time to post, what to post, what music to use. I mean, because yeah. there's only so much I can do in a day. I already had to learn how to become a photographer to take good photos of my work, which was so hard in itself. I had to buy a certain light to take the photos. Um, and then now I have to become social media like guru. I mean, it's there's I'm I just want to work. And yeah. I can't do so everything. For any of you parents out there who have young, aspiring social media gurus about to leave college, we have a couple projects. <laughs> we do. We do. We have a music project and a book project. That's right. That's right. That Both is in a creative that space. Is a career. That yeah. is a career. For 100%, absolutely. There's oh uh, degrees now uh, social media marketing, social yeah. media designer. Yes, yep. absolutely. 
Yeah, for sure. So, well, okay. Well, I guess we're going to wrap this up. Thank you again for having us. We are so happy to be here. We are so happy to finally make real all that talk that you, Russell, and I have had over the last couple months about coming to visit. It's been uh, a thrill to be in your amazing space. Well, we were excited to share it. Thank you. That's really huge coming from an introvert. (laughs) <laughs> True. she just True. gave me a dirty look. yeah exactly <laughs> i think i think you did very well thank uh-huh. you thank uh, Agreed. and uh that's it so uh we are going to leave the aforementioned items in the show notes and one more time for the people at home uh i want to make sure that i am not sending people to blueturtleproductions.com that's a different episode that's skip town after dark uh <laughs> russell tell us the name of your company once again please at, at blueturtlepromedia.com go there people look at the footage look at the excellent production work i can't say enough about this guy it's been a thrill to know you all these years thank you very much i appreciate it you too i want to thank wholeheartedly russell and genius stemper once again for having us uh on to the next episode thank you guys for listening you know where to find us on social media and we will see you next time what do you say empty nest full tank check the mic and make sure it sound right boys